lot and lot of people are going through a mental health crisis and i think at this point i would say uh, the more empathetic we are and more connected we are with people will be very helpful meet rimjim agrawal the co-founder and cto at brainsight ai your ai for the brain founder she believes the brain has always been looked at as one structural organ but there are lots of functional differences which we need to understand yet Welcome to our series entitled The IM Podcast, a podcast about innovation, business, and most importantly, people. In this series, we'll be talking to founders, executives, and various experts about their vision, challenges, best practices, and lessons learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. I'm so honored that I am joined by the co-founder and CTO at Brainsight AI, Rimjim Agrawal. Hello, Rimjim. Hi, hi, May. How are you doing? I am fine, and I'm very excited. Welcome to the I Am podcast. I'm excited as well. Thank you. All right. So, I'd love to hear how you tell the world how revolutionary your product is. So, could you share with us your elevator pitch? Sure. So, yeah, we at Brainsight are working towards making a solution that can provide evidence to doctors for making better decisions on three major parts. One is uh, doing a pre-surgical planning uh, for neurosurgeons specifically. We are working with neurosurgeon groups uh, while providing them better evidence for pre-surgical planning. Uh, second, we are working towards making the diagnosis better in neuropsychiatric disorders where like we are looking into alzheimer's disease and dementia disorders for uh, giving better diagnosis and also for better treatment purposes so usually when doctor asks patients to go for uh, mri imaging they uh, are looking into the structural details of the brain you can compare it uh, to the google maps where you have the road maps but you don't have the traffic maps while you are understanding the traffic so what we are providing is also the traffic maps so that they can under- understand where the functioning of the brain is happening and well to our viewers you're a doctor and a cto at the same time so could you just share with us or walk us through your journey Sure. So I am doctor after doing my PhD. I'm not a clinician doctor. Uh, I have worked very closely with clinicians uh, in psychiatric disorders. So my PhD was in machine learning in psychiatry. So I have worked on the psychiatric disorders like schizophrenia and OCD for finding out how can we make better evidences and biomarkers to understand uh, the uh details of those disorders so that again the diagnosis could be better and the treatment could be better for those diseases okay and how did you get into technology i was doing my undergrad in the biotechnology and bioinformatics field and that is where i got very close to the biology as well as with the computer sciences and uh, i had really deep interest in 
uh, neurosciences. So I started working in neurosciences and delving deep in all the modalities and the data set that uh, encaptures all the details of neurosciences, like structural MRI, functional MRI images, DTI images, also the genetic uh, data set and ELISA data set. So I had a huge plethora of data set that I explored while doing my PhD. Okay, so you said you had that deep interest in neuroscience. So, is there? Did you find a gap or an issue that you felt you need to solve? Yeah, absolutely, and that is what encouraged me to take it to a startup. So there was a huge gap. There are multiple levels of those gap. One is at the level of the number of professionals that are required in the field, the number of doctors required and the, num- the population we have. The population is huge and the professional requires are very less in number. So there is a part of automation of many uh, neuroscience technology that is required. The second is right now how uh, the data of neuroscience itself is. It is a multi-dimensional data set, but human, as human, we can only look at it uh, with very non-intuitive understanding. So we require to find out the patterns in brain that can lead us to better diagnostics and treatments. So that is where I found that a huge gap is there and machine learning can help in finding out those deep, uh, complex patterns. Okay. And who are you offering your products to? Yes. So we are working with three major segments, as I mentioned earlier. One is neurosurgeons. Neurosurgeons and neuroradiologists work together. We are looking into functional MRI specifically. So they are our beachhead market. And uh, this offering is for neurosurgeons. The second set of people we, uh, with whom we are working is for neurologists, for complex disorders like dementia disorders, Alzheimer's, frontotemporal dementia. Also, we are looking into TBI, traumatic brain injury, so that we can provide better evidence, functional evidence for uh, uh, treatment in these disorders. You have a co-founder. Talk to us. How was the first time you and your partner talked about this startup? Oh, it was, uh, so how EF works, we were part of Entrepreneur First. It is a a set of people who are working and they bring all the talent from all over the world and they ask them to ideate and make team. So that is where I met my co-founder, Lina Inmanuel. She has a great insight in healthcare. So she comes from a business background, having a great knowledge of uh, how the healthcare market looks like, how we can penetrate those markets at, and how we can talk to doctors, how can we network in this market. That is where we came, we both had the same uh, interest. We both wanted to do something very impactful in the healthcare field. So that is where we started ideating and we ideated, I had some ideas in mind and she had some ideas in mind, but both were towards the brain health space. And that is where we started taking it forward. So, yeah. Okay. Yes. You mentioned about the impact. What's the impact that you want to see or the impact that you want to create? Yeah. So like I mentioned that brain has been always looked at uh, one structural organ, but there are a lot of functional differences which are which we need to understand yet. And if we can get into those details, we can solve a huge set of 
problems. We can solve problem for psychiatric cases. We can solve problem for neurological cases and also for neurosurgery. So if you see all together, there are uh, 33 percent of the people who are having propensity of having dementia. And then there are huge cases of neurosurgery that doctors are dealing with on everyday basis. So we want to make the lives of patients much better and the treatment plans much efficient for them. That is the impact we are looking forward for. Could you describe your first version or your MVP? Sure. So since it is a medical device we are putting our software as software as medical device and it is a cloud platform it is ever evolving process uh, we are in a position we have already hosted our first mvp with ge healthcare uh, where it does the processing of the structural images and functional images and give a baseline uh, classification of if a person is having Alzheimer's or not. And also it gives the details to doctors stating what are the reason of having those classification done. So it is mapping it back to the MRI space and giving them details why it has made that classification. Uh, next we are working on is the mapping of eloquent cortex uh, which is the second version of our MVP, and it is in the neurosurgery space. Amazing. Well, mental health is really an integral part of our health, right? So, but there are challenges. So please share with us your greatest challenges. Yeah, so uh, while we are working in mental health space as well, the major challenge that we found is the behavior change that is required to... Uh, adopt the technology itself. So technology here is based on MRI. And right now, uh, the psychiatrists are not very used to sending uh, the mental health patients for imaging. So that is one big challenge that we feel is there. Uh, how we are overcoming is providing them more research analysis kind of setting for sending the patients for such analysis so that once we have validated it more and it will get adapted more. So in mental health space, we are uh, working on that particular part. Okay, and how many people are there in the team? We have right now 14 people in the team and we are having four more vacancies. So soon we will be 18 to 20 people in the team. Okay. And yeah, I know it is a small team, but uh, everyone has a huge responsibility. <laughs> Right, right. I can imagine. So are there like challenges like the lack of the right people or the skills or what technology? Yeah, there are definitely because we are there in a very niche expertise where we require ML people to have some knowledge of neuroscience as well. That is really hard to find. I think um, only one person till now we have get out of five vacancy where it, uh, a person is having knowledge of both neuroscience as well as ML. So what we do to overcome that challenge is we make sure that we are training enough. We get the people from one of the expertise and we train it for the other side of it. Like we train neuroscience people who are having some hands-on uh, with some basic coding. We train them for, for, for ML analysis and vice versa. We train ML people to understand some of the neuroscience aspects of our work. Okay. 
So do you have a crazy story that happened ever since you founded BrainSight? Um, yeah, there are actually so many crazy stories that I will be unable to rank which one is the most crazy one. So there has been times like um, someone have asked us that if you can do this one and can you show me the solution next day and we were working overnight to build that solution and to show them the result the next day. So this, this has happened a lot to us and that is the challenge uh, in a startup that you have to show them something substantial within very short span of time. So that was one part. And there are also in the time of fundraising, we have got really good interest from people and we had to uh, prove ourselves multiple times. And there were people who all of a sudden have come to us and wanted us um, wanted to be co-founder in the company. Uh, there are many such stories as well. Yeah. Yes. Well, you mentioned about fundraising. Would love to know how was your fundraising experience? Yeah, I would say it was amazing. It was. It took us some time to raise our first seed round it was uh, but we were very well supported by our pre-seed funders and they have helped us a lot in the journey and uh, with medical science there is a huge validation that is required so it took us a longer duration as compared to any other um, fintech company or any other e-commerce company it is a larger cycle for medical technology company and also in terms of a cutting edge we don't really fit in the pharma profile and also we don't fit in any other uh, service-based company profile so that is a difference we fall somewhere in between and we have to take all those challenges and solve one by one uh, I would say that many investors were really, currently the lead investors that we have, those people are uh, really great in terms of they get what we are trying to build. They help us in ideating forward and they give us enough space to uh, bring something so cutting edge. Okay, please share with us your best practices or the strategy, what tips, routine, um, so yeah, so there are a few best practices. If you will think about the medical technology space, then there is one, we have to be compliant of regulations. There are different compliances like data regulation compliances. Um, then there are um, how we are saving the data. Everything falls under that. How we are sharing the data also falls in that. Also the data collection. So in that case, uh, we have to be compliant and we are using some tools that can make it easy. Then uh, in terms of building the product itself, since it is a cloud-based product, we have other compliances as well that we take care of on everyday basis. Those are some part in the compliances that falls under the good practices for uh, making and processing the data set. The second part uh, of good practices is within the team, how we are making sure that we have all the ethical things in place. In terms of ethical practices, we have to like reinforce in the team multiple times that we are dealing with sensitive data set and this should be handled with this way. Also, we work very closely with doctors. 
So they give us tips and tricks for how we can move forward and do the analysis. All those practices are incorporated in day-to-day -day life so that we are not making anything uh, wrong or we are not doing wrong by patients as well. Okay. So personally, how important is mental health for you, Rimjim? Yeah, absolutely. So mental health is very important also for the patients and also we make sure that uh, it comes in the team. At the patient-led level, it is something that is driving us to make all the impact that we are making in the company. So I would say that is the driving part for us um, to providing the most value to the patient. When it comes to company also, we make sure that we have two major values that we are uh, capturing. One is empathy and uh, second is research. So this empathy value that is coming is from the point of view of having a good mental health within the company and outside for the patient as well. So we make sure that companies' mental health, all the people who are working should also be good. How do you do that? I mean, is there any like specific thing that you do to maintain mental health? Yes, so we try to catch the problem much beforehand in the sense like if there is any discontent in the team or if there is any tension in the team, both personal at and at the uh, building the brain site itself, both the levels. So if we do this one-on-ones, which is basically the major managers in the team like uh, me and my co-founder and all the people in the leadership role are talking to each other and understanding what tensions they see which is going to come in the company at uh, the company level and also at the personal level so that we can capture those tensions before it becomes a problem. Very, very interesting. Okay. What are the important lessons that you have learned throughout this journey so far? Um, yeah, since we were dealing with a very niche space, the first lesson I would say was to stay very focused. There were so many ideas popping up from every person, every new market we are exploring, every new person we are talking. There were thousands of ideas that were popping up that we can do something here as well and there as well. So one major part is as a startup, we have to be very focused. And because of which we have actually pivoted a bit before and later recently as well. So that is something that we need to always, we have to be focused as well as very flexible so that we can accommodate new ideas in the work. Okay, okay. You mentioned about pivoting. That When, when did you decide, okay, it's time to pivot? Um, yeah, we were actually working on something uh, majorly in the mental health space and we realized that there is a huge behavior change which is involved. So we had to pivot to find our major beachhead market. And that is the time when we pivoted uh, because we were not getting enough response and enough people who will say, yes, I'm going to buy your product. That is when we pivoted. That is where we found that, okay, we are not getting enough response. We have to pivot. So we were also working in an application, which is for Alzheimer's people. And that is where we found that probably we will need to keep uh, that particular part for a while in um, a dormant stage and we will surface it 
once our product is out in the market and people are already using it that will be a kind of uh, adjunct product on the baseline product that we have so it was a soft pivot then because we already had a neuropsychiatric market and then there was a bigger pivot on uh, the major market segment we are not just working with neuropsychiatric disorder we are working with neurosurgeons as well now so that was one of the major pivot where we are including neurosurgery as well because it is a huge amount of work when we are working with neurosurgery okay i see thank you okay any last words i mean about mental health i mean what about the brain that we would we should know especially after oh, not yet after but during this covid crisis yeah i think in covid lot a lot of people are going through a mental health crisis and i think at this point i would say uh, the more empathetic we are and more connected we are with people will be very helpful so that is on the mental health part and um, yeah startup is always a crazy journey and i think um, more networking we do in a startup more idea we get uh, more i brainstorming we are doing it will always lend up to having a good idea for new products and new analysis and that is where we can build this together and we can make impactful work so i think being open to new ideas is something that we should look into and also being empathetic these are the two things i would say as my last word amazing okay this is the last part and please complete this statement i am rim jim your blank founder what do you want to be known for as a founder yes so i am rim jim as your artificial intelligence for brain founder okay thank you very much rim jim it, it was very insightful thank you for all the tips and well especially about mental health Thank you so much. It was nice talking to you. Thanks for having me. This podcast is powered by iomops.io. Optimize your cloud infrastructure and CI/CD process with iomops.io dedicated DevOps team. Check out www.iomops.io and get a DevOps team now. Make sure to check out www.iomops.io if you want to know more about us. Subscribe to our podcast so you can get notified every time we post a new video. Thank you and you have a great day.